634, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along, Larry Elder, at the top of the hour. Uh, been light on the uh, audio in the show today. Been having some computer issues over here, but I think we got it straightened out. So I uh, look forward to playing some audio for you this segment. Uh, because, I mean, who among us can get through the day without hearing from the uh, wise, insightful voice of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez here on the topic of the rising crime in the United States of America? We are seeing these headlines about percentage increases. Now, I want to say that any amount of harm is unacceptable and too much. But I also want to make sure that this hysteria, you know, that this doesn't drive a hysteria and that we look at these numbers in context so that we can make responsible decisions about what to allocate um, in that context. Well, I think a rise from uh, 58 homicides a year ago today to 98 in Columbus is pretty significant. Uh, That's a big jump. That's a 59% jump. Uh, It's easy when you see, and I've seen these graphics all the time. I looked at one today. Uh, Minneapolis, homicides up 56%. Philadelphia, homicides up 40%. Washington, D.C., up 35%. L.A. up 27%. New York and Chicago up 22%. And I look at those and I go, what's wrong with those places? What a dangerous place to live. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) What's our percentage increase? It's 59%. 59%. I mean, it's, it's it's crazy that we are experiencing that here in Columbus. And uh, I would encourage one of the uh, print outlets uh, or one of the local television websites, uh, do a map and put dots on the map. Uh, a visual aid may spark some kind of awareness. And these murders just seep out one a day, two a day. Yeah, we can add three more, four more, uh, you know. And it just, it's the epitome of the frog boiling in the pot. Really is. Boil it slow, frog doesn't hop out. Throw a frog in a pot of boiling water and the frog would jump out. But man. A 59% increase, uh, that's unacceptable. So, of course, the Democrats realize Mr. and Mrs. America probably don't like this. And in 2022, there could be some pretty serious consequences for this. And so, you get two choices. You can change the policy, or you can change the narrative. Well, I mean, change the policy. I mean, come on. We wouldn't want uh, people in disadvantaged communities who are often not or or disproportionately are of minority ethnicities. We wouldn't want them to think that, you know, we're targeting them. We wouldn't want them to think that we think they can't obey the law. So change the policy. Like, no, we might lose some votes if we did that. So we're going to change the narrative. Because we have the media right here tightly tucked away in our hip pocket. And they will say and parrot anything we tell them to say. So the strategy for the Democratic Party going forward is clearly going to be that defund the police was a Republican idea. Yes, 
You remember Donald Trump out there saying defund the police, right? Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, Josh Hawley, Ron DeSantis. You've seen them all out there painting defund the police on their streets. You've seen that, right? Well, you would think that uh, you've seen it, given this comment on one of the Sunday news shows from Cedric Richmond, who all of the sudden, like many officials in the Biden administration, like AOC, they're either poo-pooing the crime increase, oh, don't get caught up in the hysteria, or they're saying that this is a result of Republicans who were the ones that really wanted to defund the police. Let's talk about who defunded the police. Uh, When we were in Congress last year trying to pass a rescue plan, I'm sorry, not the rescue plan, but an emergency relief plan for cities that were cash-strapped and laying off police and firefighters, it was the Republicans who objected to it. And in fact, they didn't get funding until the American Rescue Plan which our plan allowed state and local governments to replenish their police departments and do the other things that are needed. So, look, Republicans are very good at staying on talking points of who says defund the police, but the truth is they defunded the police. Hmm. Okay. Seems to me I remember the Democrats being the one who filibustered the Tim Scott crime bill. I know I'm not wrong on that. Uh, the other part of this change the narrative is not to talk about the criminals and talk about the criminal instrument, right? Joe Biden last week, guns, 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 guns. Got to get the guns off the street. Get those guns. Today, I saw a Democratic strategist, Richard Goodstein on Fox News saying, it's not a Republican problem. It's not a Democratic problem. It's a gun problem. No, it's actually a crime problem. It's actually a bad people problem. It's actually a man is a sinful being and his heart is desperately wicked problem. That is the problem. That's not how he sees it. So, of course, uh, Democratic policies do not come with a polygraph test. Uh, They do not hold up often to the light of day, to scrutiny, to the truth test. Uh, Case in point, here's uh, co-president Kamala Harris last week at the, well, I mean, she was in El Paso, Texas, which is which is not really the southern border, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it's on the border. So I mean, I'm I'm actually kind of kind of relieved. Column Harris didn't take uh, I-70 West, uh, just a few miles east of Tom Raper RVs on I-70 there, Richmond, Indiana, and uh, you know with the big Ohio sign. Thanks for visiting Ohio. Welcome to Indiana. I mean, that's the border. She could have gone there. Uh, she was a little closer to the actual action at the border when she said that this whole border thing is a creation of failed Trump policies. As you know, we inherited a tough situation. Um, in fact, right here in El Paso was the, 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 the launch of the child separation policy. You saw it as it rolled out on the ground. In real time, um, we have looked at a, a, a system where um, people have been housed in inhumane conditions over the last many years. Um, an asylum system that has been broken and that needs to be reconstructed. They inherited a tough problem because their wish is that the border be open and that upwards of two million uh, illegal immigrants. Sorry, that's very hateful. Uh, 
they prefer undocumented. <laughs> As if they could just give them a piece of paper and now everything is fine. Uh, they would like to get 2 million illegal immigrants, illegal aliens across the border every year. So for her, they did inherit a tough situation because they weren't coming across under Trump. They weren't being able to get in and presumably vote for Democrats in the future. That was a very tough situation for Kamala and Joe Biden because they can only futz an election so many times, right? So we got to get more people in here from Honduras and Guatemala and Mexico to vote for us in the future while we give them a free check for having kids under the age of 17. Um, yes, tough situation. Uh, the person who introduced Kamala Harris, congressman from Texas, who don't blame me because I can't remember her name because Kamala Harris turned at one point and goes, uh, you know, uh, the, the congressman there, she didn't know her name either. So if Kamala can't take time to learn it, nor will I, uh, the congressman likened the El Paso situation to Ellis Island. Ellis Island, where we used to welcome immigrants from Europe. The only difference is, via Ellis Island, we admitted 12 million legal immigrants to the United States over 50 years. 50. Not 2 million a year, like the Biden plan. Heaven forbid that plan runs for eight years. I mean, on the bright side, they wouldn't have to pull any funny business in Atlanta or Philadelphia or Milwaukee or anywhere else on election night. Uh, Now, we talked about the protest of the uh, put-upon Olympic hammer thrower from the United States of America. She's fine doing that at Hayward Field at the University of Oregon during the trials. But will she be allowed? to do that during the Olympic Games in Tokyo. And a dispatch editorial opinionist has some strong and stupid words of advice for Catholic bishops. That's next on The Bruce Willis Show. Six forty nine, Bruce Hooley Show. Glad to have you along. Larry Elder will come along at the top of the hour. Uh, the uh, U.S. Olympic Committee has patience for the kinds of protests that we saw at the track and field trials on Saturday night. The International Olympic Committee does not. The IOC will not allow kneeling or other forms of protest at the Olympic Games beginning next month in Tokyo, according to TMZ. Yes, I know that's a strange source for this information, but TMZ, uh, though scandalous sometimes and sensationalistic at other times, is very often not wrong, particularly on things like that. Uh, they cite Christy Coventry, the IOC uh, commission chief, says that, quote, a very clear majority of athletes said they think it is inappropriate to demonstrate or express their views on the field of play at the official ceremonies or at the podium. So our recommendation is to preserve the podium, preserve the field of play and official ceremonies from any kind of protest or demonstrations or acts perceived as such. Uh, This 
would be a wildly popular position in the uh, NFL or the NBA if either league had the courage to adopt it, but of course they do not. The NBA used to um, not allow kneeling for the national anthem. And of course it uh, cowed in the face of post-George Floyd narratives. And again, the whole astronomical murder rate in the United States of America is largely related to the defund the police movement, which is largely largely related to the George Floyd death, which has largely been painted as the result of a racist act by police officer Derek Chauvin, which was never alleged at any point in Derek Chauvin's trial. So if you want to know why I say that the whole Black Lives Matter narrative that police are you know, systemically oppressing black people is a lie. It's because it stems from a lie that Derek Shelvin had racial animus toward George Floyd, which was not even, let alone proven at Derek Shelvin's trial. It was never alleged at his trial. Not even alleged, not even raised, not even suggested at his trial by a black prosecutor. So I think that's pretty strong evidence that it's all made up and concocted. So the IOC says they spent 11 months consulting with experts and athletes before drawing up this plan. They polled more than 3,500 elite athletes. Were third-place hammer throwers on that list? Did they get Gwen's opinion on this? I don't know. Uh, And Olympians ranging in age from 16 to 55-plus. And it became obvious the majority are in favor of strict rules against demonstrations. So there you go. So will they have the uh, commitment to send people home if they do that? That'll be interesting. That'll be interesting. Uh, Now, the Columbus Dispatch uh, has an opinion page. Um, It would make a wonderful lining for your uh, birdcage because the opinions on it typically, um, well, they've already gotten a head start. (laughs) Uh, The today's that I'm reading comes from a person by the name of Jack D'Aurora. Uh, I skip to the end, and I find out that Jack D'Aurora is a partner with the Bihal Law Group. And he produces a podcast, Lawyer Up Columbus. Says he's a frequent dispatch contributor, which doesn't surprise me, because his opinions are junk. And here is his opinion on the Catholic bishops and their possible position against giving Joe Biden communion because he is a bloodthirsty abortion lover and approver and facilitator. Uh, Mr. D'Aurora writes, Every day someone in the Catholic Church's hierarchy wakes up and says, What can we do today to show how out of touch we are with our people and lose more of them? And he cites Jose Gomez, Archbishop of Los Angeles and President of the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, as evidence, because Mr. Gomez has the temerity, in Mr. D'Aurora's opinion, to foist Catholic doctrine on a devout Catholic president. Imagine the temerity. Uh, Mr. D'Aurora makes the same mistake here, and he does throughout the column that many people make. And that is that the church should reflect the culture as opposed to the church being uncompromising on its doctrine regardless 
of what the culture thinks, feels, or wants. Uh, Mr. D'Aurora says that the Catholic bishops didn't say a word about Trump. I knew we'd get to Trump soon. Uh, Likely the most immoral of all presidents, he writes, save perhaps Andrew uh, Jackson. Okay. Uh, Mr. D'Aurora, I will uh, give away a bit of the ending. He says he is a practicing cradle Catholic. First of all, Jack, keep practicing because you're far from getting it right. And I'm not Catholic, but I know you're not getting it right. Second of all, it shouldn't be hard for you to figure out um, who the most immoral of all presidents was, or certainly a contender was, because it was the only other Catholic president, Jack Kennedy a guy with whom you share a first name. Uh, While I was an admirer of some of President Kennedy's policies and certainly of his um, rather debonair style of leadership during the Camelot era, I think anyone who swims naked with interns in the White House pool, anyone who beds down celebrities like Marilyn Monroe, anyone who beds down girlfriends of mobsters like Sam Giancana, I think would at least be a contender as the most immoral of all presidents. Now, Mr. D'Aurora continues, what right does Biden have to preach Catholic dogma to 80% of Americans who are not Catholics? Well, he doesn't have that right. I agree with you. That is the only part of this column where I agree with you. He says, hello, bishops, we're not running a Catholic theocracy here. No, that's right. That is absolutely true. But the point is, Joe Biden has chosen, chosen, to announce himself as a devout Catholic. He wants to brand himself as a devout Catholic. And so, with that comes adherence to Catholic doctrine, which means you must be pro-life and anti-abortion. And then Mr. D'Aurora makes a silly, and he must know, given his esteemed status as an attorney, uh, straw man argument, Catholics are split almost 50-50, as are Democrats and Republicans, on the issue of abortion. To this, I offer an eloquent, so what? It does not matter what Catholics wish, want, or hope for regarding abortion. It only matters what church doctrine says. And the position of the church is that life begins at conception and must be protected at all costs. So I don't care about your stats about Catholics want this and Republicans think this and that. Biden wears his Catholicism on his sleeve. So, he's empathetic and emotionally intelligent. Mostly he's uh, emotionally and intelligent and intellectually absent. The bishops, he writes, should think of how they might use Biden as an ally. 
Why would the priesthood need Joe Biden as an ally when they presumably have, oh, I don't know, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit as an ally? So, um, Mr. D'Aurora, nice try, but your column is a failure, as is your logic. Or should I say, illogic.